You're listening to the Quince podcast. In the backdrop of the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict, Prime Minister Narendra Modi wrapped up his first foreign visit of the year to Europe on 5th May with visits to Germany, Denmark and France. PM Modi's first port of call was Berlin, where he met the new German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, whose government has decided to make economic sacrifices by reducing its energy dependence on Russia and even changing its decades-old stance on defense spending. PM Modi then traveled to Copenhagen, where he held the second India-Nordic summit with Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Iceland and Norway to explore new areas of cooperation. This summit was special because India is the only country other than the US that the Nordic Five engage on such a level. And on his way back to New Delhi, PM Modi made a stopover in Paris, where President Emmanuel Macron was re-elected just 10 days ago. India and France have been strategic partners since 1998, and the talks here focused on the importance of a free, open and rules-based Indo-Pacific. A common texture across this trip was seen during the joint statements in each country, where differences over Ukraine were apparent. In Germany, PM Modi's statements said that no one will be victorious in this war, and the only way out was through talks. Though India has been in an uncomfortable position since the start of the Russia-Ukraine war and has continued to not condemn Russia for any of its actions so far, there seems to be a level of comprehension by European countries on India's stance. In the flurry of European leaders and delegations to India in the past few weeks, especially the visit of EU President Ursula von der Leyen, suggests a changing world order. In today's episode, we discuss the main takeaways from PM Modi's EU trip with our guest Manoj Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Himmat. As Russia gets more isolated by Western and EU sanctions, Europe has started to loom larger than ever before in India's diplomatic strategy. Although India was one of the first countries to establish relations with the EU way back in 1962, the relationship expanded beyond trade and economic relations only in the recent decades. But over the past few weeks, Europe's intensity of engagement has increased in the wake of the war in Ukraine, with delegations from UK, Poland, Portugal, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Norway, among others, and EU President Ursula von der Leyen visiting India. And an important outcome of her visit was the launch of the EU-India Trade and Technology Council, which according to a press release will quote-unquote provide the political steer and necessary structure to operationalize political decisions, coordinate technical work and report to political level to ensure implementation and follow-up in areas that are important. End quote. Manoj Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, explains that with Europe moving away from Russia and China, India has become a natural partner for EU in the Indo-Pacific. Well, you know, the... Uh... One of the important things is that the Ukraine war has uh, upset all the calculations. And uh, initially, the Russians uh, saw the uh, saw, uh, the Russians and the Chinese had seen Europe as a major partner, uh, an economic partner. After all, you know, Russia supplied a vast amount of energy mm. uh, to Europe and uh, has a lot of trade with Europe. Likewise, the Chinese had uh, very ambitious programs. Mm. The entire Belt and Road Initiative actually is directed towards Europe. And uh, But now with this Ukrainian conflict, what has happened is there's a sharp break 
and uh, the Russian European relations are not going to return to normal for a long time already and we don't know when uh, you know if you look at the range of sanctions uh, that are already there uh, when they would till when what time they'll be there we have no idea mm-hmm. now along with that has come uh, a kind of an estrangement with China now that had had independent causes also, meaning China and Europe were having problems in 2020, 2021 uh, with regard to Xinjiang and the human rights issue. And uh, both sides had sanctioned each other's, uh, um, issued sanctions against each other's uh, uh, officials. And uh, so there were already problems between Europe and, and, and China. And now that China is standing four square with uh, Russia on this Ukraine thing, it has deepened the divide between, um, you know, uh, Europe and uh, China and Russia as a combined. So, therefore, for Europe looking for partners, I think it has become much more uh, important uh, to 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 see India uh, as a potential partner uh, in all this. Of course, the United States remains Europe's principal uh, military and and economic partner. Now, coming to PM Modi's Europe visit, starting first with Germany to attend the sixth Indo-German Intergovernmental Consultations or IGC. Now, India and Germany don't have a traditional strategic partnership. The relationship so far is based on trade, investment, technology, functional collaboration, skill development and sustainability. However, the war has changed the dynamics of this relationship. Germany, which over the past few years has invested a lot in Russia, has made significant breaks in its relationship with the former Soviet Union. From tough sanctions to terminating the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline and even contemplating banning Russian oil. And PM Modi's visit becomes an opportunity for both the countries to deepen their trade relations more. With one of the biggest gains coming from the IGC was in the form of a joint intent to establish a green and sustainable development partnership where Germany is going to finance 10 billion euros to fund green projects in India. Moving now to PM Modi's visit to Copenhagen where he participated in the second India Nordic Summit and held bilateral paintings with all the attending Prime Ministers of Finland, Iceland, Denmark, Sweden and Norway. And like Germany, India's partnership with Nordic countries is on the same lines of green partnership and investment. However, the undertone of the summit was Russia. While India joined the Nordics in expressing quote-unquote serious concern over the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, India's silence on the issue may have been uncomfortable for Sweden and Finland, who are contemplating joining NATO in the wake of war on their borders. Now, trade between Denmark and India has increased over the years from $2.8 billion in 2016 to $5 billion in 2021. However, Manoj Joshi weighs in that though the two sides have signed over nine pacts, real action on the ground would be difficult to translate given India's bureaucratic red tape. The problem with the Europeans is that the, the, the problem is that the Europeans uh, are well known for you know their engineering and their high quality products and um, digital innovation. Uh, you know the Swedes and the Danes and others. Mm. Uh, the problem is that uh, you know Indian uh, official culture is that you try to get the things at the cheapest. So when governments uh, issue tenders, etc., they they encourage what is called L1, meaning the lowest bid. And this is where many European companies have a problem because they end up uh, the they are quite straightforward. They 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 put up their uh, their, their their products are often high priced, uh, but they are quality products. So, but the point is, you have a cheaper competitor from uh, somewhere in Asia, South Korea, mm-hmm. or Malaysia, or somewhere else, Vietnam or China. Uh, then uh, uh, that competitor gains the advantage. So the Europeans find this uh, a bit of a problem. And plus, of course, as I said, the bureaucratic red tape 
uh, in India uh, is legendary, no matter what the government says, uh, that red tape is there. And it does, uh, it is very frustrating. Uh, many of the European countries are very small. They don't have kind of huge populations or anything. They have, they, they work, uh, with, uh, their companies are pretty small also. And they can't afford kind of huge uh, staff, etc. Uh, to deal with uh, with um, uh, all this. Coming to PM Modi's last leg of the trip, France, which stands out from all the other countries which PM Modi visited, given the close decades-long bilateral ties between the two countries. As the joint statement noted, their partnership is based on a quote-unquote abiding faith in strategic autonomy and a belief in multipolar world that goes back decades. France has also been a good friend to India over the years, standing by India since 1998, when India conducted nuclear tests against the criticism of the rest of the international community. And given this friendship, it is also important to note here that France currently holds the rotating presidency of the EU till the end of June 2022. This is significant for India given that free trade agreement talks with the EU have been stalled for more than a decade now. So with France by its side, can we expect to see a shift in India-EU relations in the coming months? Manoj Joshi, Vezin. See, they, they can play a role, but the point is that the EU, EU bureaucracy in Brussels mm. is the key key part. Okay, yeah. they lay it out. They lay it out. Uh, France and Germany, uh, since they are bilaterally uh, in, much more uh, familiar with India, uh, their companies work here. They are aware of the shortcomings. They are aware of the challenges, uh, and they definitely can contribute. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, to the whole uh, the process. Uh, in Brussels. But at the end of the day, we have to be very clear that it is the European Union bureaucracy uh, which deals with this. And the European Union functions in a kind of a consensual basis. Mm. So they try to take everyone along um, uh, with them uh, when they are uh, formulating uh, you know, various rules on tariffs. Yeah. And, and, and they, uh, you know, as far as uh, they are concerned. It's not just tariff only. I mean, India would like issues of tariff only, but they have other issues. You know, labor uh, conditions, uh, various other kind of conditionalities, climate-related. Uh, you know, technology and and all kinds of conditionalities are also there uh, in their trade agreement. But when it comes to defense and security, etc., they are often bilateral processes. Yeah. You know, and there, of course, we have a, a much more uh, depth with uh, France, uh, you know, we have just uh, bought the you know, Rafale aircraft from them. We have had the Scorpion submarine deal with them. And France has a sophisticated defense industry, see, and they are willing to work with us in a whole range of areas. Uh, you know, the Germans are not too much into the defense side, and they are also very um, uh, kind of reluctant to export some of their material. Uh, defense material. Uh, mm-hmm. There are other countries also. Sweden is there, uh, which has a very sophisticated defense industry also. But as I said, with all of them, the same issue often comes up is that they are uh, their products are extremely good, but they are also expensive. You know. Yeah. And so often dealing with them is an issue. But that is from the defense trade point of view. Mm-hmm. From the stri- strategic point of view, definitely our closest relationship are with the French and with uh, the British, for example, mm-hmm. with the French in the uh, uh, Indo-Pacific, um, we have a lot of coordination, particularly if you look at the southwestern part of the Indian Ocean or the western Indian Ocean, uh, where we don't do much with the U.S., but uh, we definitely do more coordination with the French because the French mm-hmm. 
actually have uh, island territories in southwest Indian Ocean, you see, and mm. the French Navy is very much uh, present there. Mm. So we do more coordination with them. And uh, I think the, if you look at the outcome of the visit, you will see that there has been a big discussion on the Indo-Pacific issue. Manoj Joshi wrote a three-part analysis on the significance of PM Modi's three-day visit to Europe, and you can find these articles on the Quinn's website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.